Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I am all in. with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey everybody, Scott Patterson, I am all in podcast one-on-one interviews. We're going to be speaking with uh, Melina Delkich. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a senior staff editor for Breaking News. Uh, she's worked at the New York Times since 2018. And her roles include newsletters, business desk, the uh, newsroom print hub, and contributing to coverage of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. She has written an article, an editorial uh, that appeared in the New York Times uh, talking about Gilmore Girls. Fascinating article. Uh, Melina, what what inspired you uh, to write it now? Yeah, so I, I've always loved Gilmore Girls. Um, every once in a while, you get to write about something that you really love and are interested yeah. in. And so this was a fun one for me. And I thought it was interesting that with viewership data that had been coming out, it's still one of the most popular shows across streaming, both by Netflix's numbers and Nielsen, which is the ratings firm, um, if listeners don't know, that rates you know TV and, and movies and streaming um, popularity. And it's still one of by far the most popular things that people like to watch. And so with my own interest in it and that I wanted to see why it's still so popular um, because it, as you know, officially wrapped in 2007 besides the a year in the life uh, reboot. And what conclusions did you draw? Well, I think um, it was a mix of conclusions. I think people love the show because it's feel good and it makes you feel kind of warm and fuzzy. Um, and people, you know, people I interviewed, like like Brenda Mabin, the set costume designer who um, who said that, you know, people like that there's no violence, there's no mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing that's unsolvable and it's going to stress you out about watching it. It's comforting, but at the same time, it is, you know, deep. There's deeply intertwined relationships. There's um, really interesting characters who are multi-layered and complex and, um, and, you know, so it's, it's that fun, um, fun lightheartedness, but at the same time, it's, there's, there's some real depth there and some heart to it. Yeah. That family dynamic is, is very powerful isn't it? Anybody can relate to it, the mother-daughter tension. Yes. And uh, well, as you said in the byline, uh, you are on your uh, seventh or eighth time watching. (laughs) Uh, Why have you watched so many times? Why do you think people watch so many times? That's a great question. So for me, I started watching when I was in college, actually. So, Mm -hmm. you know, similar to a lot of people after the show had concluded its run on, on TV, Um, it was on Netflix and a a friend of mine said, you know, you have to watch this. You're going to love it. And after that first time I was kind of hooked and I was like, I want to see it again. I feel like I missed something. I, you know, I want to, when, when things are stressful, I want to have it on in the background, um, or, you know, just rewatch and, and find things I missed last time. And I think for, for people, I I think even though I put that I've rewatched it seven or eight times, I think that's actually low for the Gilmore Girls audience. I've found people have left comments on the article on social media and on the article page itself. And my friends have reached out that there's way higher numbers. People are watching it dozens of times. Um, And I think it's, you know, I think it's because it's, it's that comfort. It's, there's also even a psychological aspect to it. I talked to a a uh, clinical psychologist that rewatching a show you love that makes you feel good and you know how it's going to end it makes it can actually you know improve your mood it can it can mm-hmm. help you when you're feeling lonely or or you know any any tough feelings in a stressful time it can actually help those feelings you know i i also think it it contributes to keeping high culture i think it's so smart that and i think that's one of the primary reasons people rewatch it so often because they're it's so fast that fast-paced dialogue and there's so many obscure and arcane uh cultural references that people don't get them right away they get some and i get some and then i go back and i boy you know say to myself amy and dan are, are, are very well read and you know they're they're plucking these references out of everything that they love and read and uh I think it's comforting to have something of quality that is keeping the culture or trying to set a bar higher and not uh, talking down to an audience, not dumbing a show down for an audience. I think it really elevates people and it, it gives people a lot of hope in that sense that at least there's something on television that doesn't insult me. Yeah. And uh, insult my intelligence. It, it's, it's demanding me to keep up and people love that challenge. I, I totally agree. Well, you're also rewatching, uh, uh, as you said, it can be a healthy coping mechanism. Mechanism when life gets stressful. When do you tune in to watch this show? Is it in uh, you know stressful times or just any time? Do you have it on in the background all of the time? That's a great question. I I think I've found that I gravitate toward Gilmore Girls in the fall, which a lot of people I talked to for this article said the same basically, and the viewership data supports that. That the it's the viewership is a little bit higher in the fall and winter months because it is kind of that cozy. You want to go to Luke Steiner and get your coffee and like all the fun sweaters that are 
in the in the you know costuming of the show and the festivals and the so it makes you feel like fall and winter and these cozy vibes um so i find myself watching it in those times here in new york it gets gloomy sometimes in the winter and i i find it really cozy and helpful but and also definitely you know in stressful times um or if i'm in a in a in a new place you know traveling for work or something i it's it's kind of comforting. I I will turn to it in those times and have it mm-hmm. on. Like okay, this is something I know and something I feel good watching. Yeah, it's almost as if you are able to, instead of picking up a classic novel that you love, you can just turn that on and you're going to get the same kind, almost the same kind of quality. You don't feel like you're watching TV. You don't feel like you're wasting your time or it's just dead time. You know, it's like, I'm learning something here and this is, this is wholly engaging. So you talked about the first time you watched it was in college. Where'd you, where'd you go to college? I went to Georgetown in DC. Oh, you went to Georgetown. Oh, yeah. my, one of my best buddies went to Georgetown. I grew oh, up. Cool. He was just over here the other day telling me Georgetown stories, by the way. <laughs> And so you were in college. Do you remember the moment you watched it? Describe the day. Do you remember the, the vivid detail about the first time you discovered it? I do remember. I, I remember my friend Maddie, and I texted her when I was published this article to to you know say thanks for turning me on to this wonderful show. Um, and I was I was staying on campus over the summer working. You basically you could work a campus job and they'd give you free housing in DC for the summer. So it was a it was a pretty sweet deal. And I had some downtime between these jobs I was working and I would put it on and campus is a little quieter in the summer, you know, not the kids aren't there. Um, and I remember putting it on and just getting so quickly wrapped up in all of the characters' stories and in the beautiful relationship between Rory and Lorelai and and the fun, you know, references. And I I remember like I would like pause it sometimes and be like, wait, what is that? Like that reference that they just said. I need to go look right. it up. Right, and right, right, right. and yeah, and I remember and you know, I'm a journalist, so there's obviously it, it was a fun um kind of parallel that I saw someone trying to start a journalism career or a young a young woman trying to go into that world and I was going into that too. So it's fun to relate to right. someone on screen yeah. like that. Perfect for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, as you said, Rory's an aspiring journalist. So you obviously connected with her character the most. Is she your favorite character? That's such a tough question. Um, it's, oh man, I love all of the characters so much at this point. And I, I don't, I do feel like at the beginning, I really related to her and probably was drawn to watching because of her character um, and Lorelai, but I, I really love all that. Re- recently, I've been, I, I was talking to a friend the other day about how I really love Paris Geller's character. And I know that the first time you watch it as a, um, you know, as a new viewer, you're kind of like, you might be turned off by some of the things that she says. She's kind of, right. you know, can be, in a, can be abrasive as a character, but then then you just kind of i think rewatching it can kind of fall in love with her at moments where she just mm-hmm. she just says the funniest thing ever and right but i mean but yeah i just love i mean everybody in the town of stars hollow just so great <laughs> yeah that was that was my initial reaction because that's the whole point of the podcast i'd never watched the show so i didn't really know the mm-hmm. show and yeah i i would talk about the need for paris to have uh, intensive therapy 
and and to not be in the mainstream. Um, uh, but she has grown on me. There have been a lot of moments where I just you know right? throw my head back and laugh. Yeah, and, and 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 she's quite endearing at times. So it's uh, playing those extremes. Ah, uh, summer, the best time of the year. Usually it doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With IKEA, your plants can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really, any meal tastes better outside. Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you have, uh, and I, I caution to ask you this, and you don't have to be honest. Uh <laughs> You have any career parallels uh, to her storyline, Paris's storyline? Oh, to Paris? Yeah. Um. Well, Paris, I, you know, I that's that's a hard one because I mean she was in a different um, career path. She ended up being like uh, what, like a combination lawyer, doctor, or something, which is which was like, oh, of course, you know, Paris Geller went down that path, um, yeah. but. I don't know. I, you know, I do feel like there's, there's a little bit of that, that Paris ambition or spark in a lot of people, but most of us don't push that hard as her character (laughs) did. Um, You know, Um, but, but yeah, I, I can't say I I quite approach situations the way she does. Well, that's probably a good thing. (laughs) When did you know uh, that you wanted to be a journalist? It took some time of figuring it out and trying a lot of different paths. I think I probably stressed out my parents in college because I came, I 
switched my major like four times. Mm. Um, and it was, you know, trying out econ, trying out different languages. Um, mm -hmm. But I always in the background had that love of writing and also was just always watching the news and slowly realizing that instead of, you know, being involved in it, um, as a school in DC, a lot of people want to get involved in the government politics, things like yeah. that. Um, wow. And I just kind of kept thinking, I don't want to be in it. I want to be like observing it and, right. you know, helping, helping write kind of the, the historical, you know, record about this stuff. Um, and so that's how I made my way, but it took a lot of small decisions and figuring out what I, what I needed. And uh, boy, I tell you, Washington, yeah, <laughs> what a time to be a journalist. Uh, yeah. And uh, we won't open up that can of worms, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, now I, I don't really deal with any politics or government news in, in my job. Probably healthiest. Yeah. <laughs> so the New York Times plays a, a, a big part in season seven when Rory mm -hmm. uh, turns down a job with a new newspaper in Providence, Rhode Island, because she, uh, she's holding on to, uh, she, well, she's holding out for the Reston Fellowship at the New York Times. Uh, what do you think of this decision? I I was so with her in that season. I remember just feeling the the pressure, the uncertainty of that, especially watching it in college um, and and in the years right after college, because it is so. I think with any career, it's kind of you have these moments where the timing doesn't work out the way you want it to. You don't get to find out everything you need to find out. Uh, you might have a job offer, but one that you you know, and there's a deadline for it, but one that you want more. Um, and so I, I felt, I, I felt like it was a very, a very thoughtful and good re representation of what that's like, um, as a young journalist, I think, you know, I think she, um, it, obviously like that it was a difficult time for her character. I remember she, she ended up then not getting the, the New York times fellowship, right. If I'm remembering correctly, mm. and that she, she had turned basically was, was out of a job with both of those. Um, but then she ended up finding something else. Um, and I don't remember if it was right after that, but she ended up going to work for an upstart publication um, of some sort covering the election campaign. And I thought that was kind of, you know, I, I thought I related to that because sometimes it seems like nothing is working out and you know you you don't know like where your path is going to lead and even though it's early in your career it's you you have these moments of struggle and the timing is just not working out but then something does work out and it's kind of it seemed like it was sort of a great fit for her um, wow. as an ending of that show and it, it's it, it seemed like it ended on a really hopeful note where she was going to go travel and write for this new publication and her work was going to be valued and so I think right. she ended up making the right call for herself. And you're talking about the end of season seven or the Netflix episodes? Um, the end of season seven. Or am okay. I, am I confusing that? Uh, I remember there was a, she, I thought at the end of the show that she went to go see um, work for like a kind of upstart digital pu publication to cover the, um, the election. Um, okay. So let's talk about the Netflix uh episodes a little bit as regards rory uh were you disappointed that her journalism career didn't pan out did you think it was realistic when she was showing showing so much promise 
You know, I was, um, I think the first time I watched that, I was a little disappointed in that I, we had been with Rory and watched her be so ambitious and so, uh, and such a go-getter and had dreamed of this her whole life. Um, there's that moment with Christiane Amanpour and, and then she kind of, it, it didn't take off maybe the way I would have predicted when I was, you know, 22. And I'm like, oh, I want this for Rory. But I think it's realistic in that a lot of people kind of, you know, don't have a, a constant full-time gig in this industry um, and in a lot of industries. So I think, it, you know, she was freelancing for the the New Yorker and um, and she was doing some really great work, but it's it's kind of representative of the um, the sort of you know sometimes unusual schedules and 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 gigs that journalists can have. Mm -hmm. Give us your opinion on how the show portrayed uh, journalism itself. I um I remember in the, in the a year in the life there was a moment where where Rory got a little too close to a source. I, I think I'm remembering that correctly. And that that is not uh that that's that's not a super accurate portrayal of, of something that would be permissible in a mm -hmm. in a news job. But I remember the rest of it feeling pretty accurate that her her role as like an intern in the newsroom that that Logan Logan's dad owned. Um, where she's just running around trying to do everything she can and and trying to get noticed a little bit that that seemed very accurate um, and also her her writing for the paper and I remember these moments of her trying to stand out while not um, not you know insulting people around campus with her with her work um, and finding that difficult balance of you know trying not to be a jerk but being really like accurate and honest um, mm -hmm. I felt like there there were a lot of these like kind of the early um, sometimes, you know, things that you have to really think through in, in a journalism career. Mm -hmm. are, were, are there any, uh, without naming names, are there any Minchip Huntsbergers at the New York Times? <laughs> no, no, fortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever encountered a personality like that in, in, in your years uh, of, of, uh, of being a journalist? Oh yeah, I think as a young uh, as a young woman journalist, you definitely come across. I mean, anyone as a as, as a young journalist in your career, you come across um, personalities that are you know that some everybody has that moment where someone tells them you're not going to make it, you're not right. good enough, you're you know X and Y, and um, I definitely had that when I was in college, and Did hopefully. You really? Yeah. And I actually, you know, I I feel like I hear a lot of these types of stories that people have in, in different careers, but also in journalism. Um, and maybe it's just because it's so competitive at times that, um, but, you know, hopefully you, you learn from it, but you don't take it too seriously. That, and I think that's, I remember that's what Rory did. That she kind of, mm -hmm. she went back to journalism and went back to Yale. Mm -hmm. What does the show mean to you? Oh, that's a, it's a big answer. It's um, I, I really love the show. It's it's just one of those things that I'm like, how is this so good? It's I could rewatch it 10 more times and I probably will over the course of, you know, however many years that takes. Okay. Um, and it's it's just, you know, supported me in difficult times. It's made me laugh. It's 
you know, comforting. Um, and, and I love it. And, and I love how much it means to so many other people too. Yeah. It is uh, quite a phenomenon. Uh, it, it really has become this, uh, this iconic uh, piece of art that, that, that is woven into the fabric of this country. And uh, it's, uh, I don't know, it's sort of taken a place in, 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 entertainment culture that uh, is completely unexpected and and something uh, I don't think anybody saw coming right I mean okay. how do you how do you predict this it's uh, it's quite extraordinary ah uh, summer the best time of the year usually it doesn't come with a great deal soaring temperatures come with soaring prices and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With IKEA, your plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really, any meal tastes better outside. Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're going to play a little game right now called rapid okay. fire. Okay. Oh, you ready? Uh-huh. Yeah. And it, you don't have to, we don't have to be fast with this. It doesn't have to be okay. rapid. Uh, how do you like your coffee? Black. Are you team Logan, team Jess or team Dean? Oh, so hard. I, when I was, younger i was team logan because i thought that's where rory's going and she she you know needs someone who who respects her intellect and her career but now i'm like you know he was kind of a jerk sometimes um yeah. so yeah. maybe i'm maybe i'm a little bit team just now i'm I'm kind of with you on that you know i, I was riding the logan wave uh, pretty <laughs> for a couple of seasons but uh now i think i'm getting back on the just thing <laughs> I love how it changes for you too. Yeah, no, it does because, but that's, you know, a, a testament to the writing, isn't it? You know, yeah. how it can flip the fans like that. Um, yeah. 
Who's your favorite Gilmore Girls couple, Luke and Lorelai or Emily and Richard? Luke and Lorelai, for sure. I I think I, I wrote in my email responding to your team, like I was team Luke all the way uh, in, the, in the show. And I, I recently learned that, that I didn't even think there was a debate on Lorelai's other romantic partners. But I was like, no, it's it's Lorelai and Luke. Right. I, I, I was I, I was always uh, uh, dumbfounded that there was even a debate about it. And, yeah. I, you know, I think yeah. the network as a marketing tool tried to engage the base with, well, let's, you know. <laughs> let's make another like is uh let's make another uh, contest out of it would you rather work with michelle or kirk oh man Lo- i love them both and <laughs> kirk, is, kirk is just everywhere but he's kind of a goof so mm. maybe i would have to say michelle for the for the competency factor <laughs> uh-huh what would you order at luke's diner Oh my gosh. If, if, you know, if I only could, um, I would get a black coffee in one of the giant mugs. I would have waffles, um, waffles, syrup, the whole, the whole thing. Um, and then it, depending on the time of day, if if it's later in the day, we're going burger. Absolutely. You know, I want to ask you about this. Um, what if there were a chain of Luke's diners, would you go? Oh, 100%. Do you think people I, would go? Do you think that's a good idea? I think that's a great idea. You do. I we're, we're always going to diners here in in New York, you know, when mm. you really get a, a craving for like good food that's not um <laughs> that's not overpriced, that's not overdoing it. It's that you want a diner and especially the the whole environment of Luke's. It's great. Would you would you like to go to a Luke's diner that is a replica? Of oh, the TV one, or would you want it to be more of an experience where it's like got really comfortable booths and it's got the memorabilia all over the walls and it's got a room where you can actually watch the shows and it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like a, it's, yeah. it's like a comfy high tech version of Luke's, uh, that's more, would be more comfortable than, um, you know, the original diner, because I think, do you think people would just sort of visit it once or twice if it was like the original Luke's diner is chasing after nostalgia, but not come back so much? What What do you think about that? I think that's a good question. I think both would be popular for sure. But I think you're, you're right that if you, if, if you wanted to keep coming back and have something as your go-to diner spot, you'd want the maybe a little bit more comfortable option. You'd want all the bells and whistles, you know, wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 Competitive space. Anyway, um, interesting. Who would you rather hang out with, Paris or Lane? Oh, definitely Lane. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> do you play an instrument? You could be in her band. I do. I have a guitar right behind Oh, you do? Me. Oh, um, really? I, I started learning guitar in the early pandemic, and then I grew oh, up playing so piano, keyboard. Um, oh, that's great. And so I, I would love to. There, That was such a fun plot point for me, their, their band and the whole growth of their musical life. Who do you like? Who are, your, who are you partial to? Who do you like listening to? Um, oh, musically, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love. I'm. It really runs the gamut. I recently, um, th- this was so impulsive of me, but I, I splurged on Joni Mitchell tickets in. Oh, Alaska there you go. Yeah. Because she's my absolute favorite of yeah. all. 
Um, but then also Beyonce is also my favorite of all time. So it's kind of right. like interests yeah. really run the game. But I also love rock and, you know, I listen to the mm-hmm. Ramones. I feel like if you live in Brooklyn, you have to. Um, right. Fleetwood Mac, all the good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was listening to some Stevie Nicks yesterday. She's extraordinary. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, Joni Mitchell in my youth, a big influence. I loved her. Loved those albums. Yeah, uh, what, a t- what a talent. What a mm-hmm. talent. Um, mm-hmm. If if you love piano music, there's a... Uh, have you heard of Keith Jarrett? No. Oh, okay. So 1975, he, he... This is a guy who was classically trained. They were grooming him for, you know, the concert stage and the whole thing. He was a child prodigy. Mm-hmm. And he left it all to play jazz. Wow. He, he wanted to write his own material and perform his own material. So he turned into this, just this mind-blowing artist, um, master of the out. keyboards. Yeah. So there's something you should, it, it's going to affect you. It's going to hit you really deeply. Uh, these mm-hmm. songs are are, are really uh, earth-shattering. Um, uh, Keith oh, Jarrett, Köln Concert Live, K-O, in Germany, Köln, Germany. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of the most remarkable pieces of, of music I've I've ever heard. Um, wow, I have to listen. I'm excited now. Yeah, so get that, get that. Uh, Harvard or Yale, or drop out and live in the pool house. Ooh, oh man, the third option is so tempting now as a <laughs> as a burnt out 28 year old. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, oh man, both both are such great schools. I think, you know. I've always wanted to live in Boston area, mm-hmm, so I would mm-hmm. I would say Harvard okay. if I was on there right now. Yeah. Uh, would you rather attend a DAR event with Emily or a town meeting with Taylor? Oh, town meeting for sure. That really I, it just sounds yeah. like I could bring my popcorn. I would be entertained for hours. Right. Gilmore Girls character that you would most want as a roommate. Ooh, um, Lorelai. I think Lorelai. She would be fun. Um, she's not, you know, so intense like a like a Paris Geller or somebody. Um, she, you know, would be easygoing and not, you know, not too much chaos. Something in your life that you are all in on. Oh, um, well, since it is Valentine's Day, I'll say my my relationship. Um, shout out to my boyfriend Sean. And also we have um, a little dog. He's, he's a little corgi named Mark. And so I would say he's the most spoiled dog in the world. So we're all in on him too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Melina, it's been a pleasure. And your article, Gilmore Girls, is an endless buffet of TV comfort food. I recommend everybody reading this article. Uh, good luck with your journalism career going forward. Thank you so much. And keep watching. I absolutely will. Because I know I will, and everybody does, <laughs> and uh, it's it's inevitable, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks for coming on. It was it was great fun. It was so fun. Thank you so much, Scott. All right. Take care. Bye.
follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.